0: These Reds, as currently constructed, can make the playoffs. We'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Reds in 2024. We are your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds. We have taken that love of the game. We have taken that love of the Cincinnati Reds, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, the Reds are drawing national attention uh, from at least one commentator over at MLB Network who thinks the Reds, are primed for a playoff run. We're going to tell you who's been talking Reds and discuss exactly what they had to say. Uh, It's also a new year. As I mentioned, Happy New Year. Thanks for being here in 2024. Uh, We're going to give you a couple resolutions that we think the Reds should be making for themselves and committing to uh, to get this team into the postseason in 2024. Uh, before we get into any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any $5 money line bet. Win, lose, or draw. on a money line is going to get you paid, so it's safe to take the bingles. Head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now to get started today. And where we're getting started, Jeff, is uh, the national guys. It would seem, if you listen to the clip you're going to reference, have been listening to us because uh, Harold Reynolds had a lot of things to say uh, that sounds like what we've been saying for weeks
0: now. Yeah, there was a clip that uh, MLB Network shared on Twitter. I retweeted it if you follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. There's about two and a half minute, three minute conversation that Harold Reynolds and Matt Vasgersian had about the Reds signing Frankie Montas and what this entire offseason has looked like for the Reds. These Cincinnati Reds are deep on the infield. Uh, they could make a few internal moves and be set in the outfield. And they have built a deep pitching staff. This team is good, and they're taking or they're getting the national folks to take notice of them. Harold Reynolds said the words, and I quote, the Reds are a, dr- a juggernaut. A juggernaut. They're, they're not good. They're not, oh, they could be interesting. They could sneak up on some people. He said, juggernaut. Now Matt Vaskersen kind of countered and said he wouldn't necessarily go that far, but he likes what they've done. The moves that the Reds have made has set them up in such a way that I don't necessarily know that we can say with 100% certainty they are favorites to win the NL Central, but they are definitely at the top of the conversation. How the Brewers and Cubs move the rest of this offseason is going to largely affect that because I don't think that the Cubs... I don't think the Cubs are going to go through the rest of the offseason and not do anything. They've got some moves up their sleeve. They're just, for some reason, taking a long time to do them. And and, and the Brewers, who knows? Do they hold on to Corbin Burns? Do they trade Corbin Burns? How does that look? That's going to affect their spot in this division. But I certainly think that the Reds are better than the Cardinals, and they're definitely better than the Pirates. So they've really got a big shot here to compete for this division as currently constructed. Well, let's take a second, Jeff. Let's just recap very quickly
1: where we are from the end of 2023 to where we are right now. They went out and signed Emilio Pagan to upgrade this bullpen. They went out and signed Nick Martinez to be either a back end of the rotation guy, which we think that's where they're going to start him. Maybe who knows now with the most recent signing, or he's going to be a long man in the bullpen as an insurance policy for the rotation. Then they went out and shine Jamer Candelario shocking everybody. Really? We didn't see that one coming, but creating flexibility to maybe address the outfield need without going out and overspending for an outfielder. So we saw them do that. And now we've seen them sign Frankie Montas to be that guy in the rotation that we hope becomes an innings eater, uh, stabilizing force in this rotation. Uh, We graded out what we thought those moves were. You gave them a a B. I gave them a C. We reevaluated after the Monta signing. You upped them a little bit. I did not. uh, Took some heat for that. I went back. I thought about it. You know, I pondered it over the new year. And I think maybe I was a little harsh in not giving them a little bit of bump. So I am going to move them into the B minus category because they did actually do two of the three things I said they needed to do to get an A for the off season. So they deserve a little bit of a bump there. So I'll take them up to a solid B minus and, and wait for these moves to pan out.
0: When I, I, I don't fault you necessarily for that. I know that there were some folks in the comment section who did, but we had been saying for weeks that the Reds needed to sign a 30 start guy who was a reliable starter. And I still hold fast to the belief that Frankie Montas needs to prove that he can be that guy, but he has shown it in the past. This is not something where he's like a young pitcher that needs to build this repertoire and become reliable. He has been reliable in the past. He just was dealing with an injury and that signing did become official on Tuesday afternoon. The Reds actually announced that It is a one-year deal with a mutual option for 2025. So we were talking about this. We're like, oh, we think it had just been reported as a one-year deal. There were no options reported whenever the uh, initial uh, reports of the signing had come out. Now we know he is going to make $14 million in 2024. He has a $20 million mutual option, which means that he and the team can agree on the option for 2025. And then there is a $2 million buyout of that option. What's interesting about this, Steve, and I, I think th- this is something we'll talk a little bit more from Nick Crawls' perspective here in a few minutes, but Frankie Montas is a guy that has shown it in the past. And for everybody that looks at the numbers in New York and looks at what he did since being traded, I would like to point out That's not who he is. Look at this graphic if you're watching here on YouTube, and if you're not, I'll kind of break it down uh, for our folks on uh, podcasting apps and listening to the show. Frankie Montas, in his career, pitched in 114 games for the Oakland Athletics. He pitched in nine games for the Yankees. So if you're worried about the numbers that you saw from the Yankees, I'm going to give you this massive sample size of why you shouldn't be worried about that. Because in 114 games for the Oakland A's, he had a 3.7 ERA in 114 games, a strikeouts per nine of 9.3, which is, you know, just a smidge over a strikeout per inning pitched and then a walks per nine of under three and a whip, walks plus hits per innings pitch. So basically, base runners allowed per inning of 1.267. So, you know, a little bit. uh, He allowed just a bit over one base runner per inning. He was good. And that is what we are getting. I firmly believe so long as he is healthy, that's what the Reds are getting with a healthy Frankie Montas is what he showed in Oakland, not what he showed in the tiny sliver of a sample size in New York.
1: You know, I'm most excited, I think, in that whole column there is the 2.9 walks per nine inning. Uh, I I really uh, get excited when I see pitchers not giving away the free bases. And I want to say, Jeff, uh, not on this graphic, but something you talked about last week uh, when we did the emergency live show on Saturday was the ground ball rate that he has historically induced
0: uh, as a pitcher. 43% 43% for his entire career, no matter where he's pitched, he is much closer to where we want the Reds. We, we want the Reds to be as close to 50%, if not a little bit past 50% as they can. But let's be honest, they were at 38% as a team last year. 43% looks like gold compared to that ground ball rate. So that, yeah, I don't know why I left that off that graphic. I should have put that on there because that is an exciting stat as well. It's clear though that he may turn out to be the starter that the Reds needed all along. Plus, you add in the fact, like you said, about Nick Martinez, the very versatile pitcher that he is, Emilio Pagan in the bullpen, bringing back Buck Farmer. This pitching staff went from being a question mark to being a group of deep talent that could really be a huge strength for this team. Look, I and and I, I don't want to say this super loud, but it feels like if injuries hit this team, they're ready for them where in years past, they absolutely were not.
1: I know it's scary to even kind of verbalize it, but, but you're correct. You know, there's a group now and and I've, and I've heard uh, what folks have been saying about, you know, we're relying on potential. We're relying on hope. We're relying on ifs. Um, this is a deep group. Are we saying that they're all going to be healthy all year? That's not the way it works anymore. There will be injuries. We just right. hope that they're not major injuries. But the reds, you are correct, are now poised to deal with some of these injuries when there's a breakdown in the rotation. I, I think that I think that they have amassed enough arms between, you know what's already in the majors, what they've signed, and what's coming. You know, we, we haven't spent a whole lot of time with what's coming because there's so much action going on at the major league level, but there are a few guys. I mean, in, in this whole, this whole look at the rotation and we're going to get into this big time, I think tomorrow, uh, there, there are names we're not even discussing right now for rotation spots like Connor Phillips. We're not talking about him. We're not talking about seeing Rhett Lauder right out of the gate coming to the major leagues. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about Chase Petty. uh, If he has a a massive spring, being able to just take a rotation spot, those things aren't going to happen right now. If you look at it uh, and again, we'll spend a lot of time on this tomorrow. Those guys are all now depth. They're all going to be pitching in Louisville, waiting for a spot to open up. So that's a great spot for this Reds rotation to be in uh, heading into the beginning of a season. There there's a lot of talent that can go a long, long way.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I mean, it just underscores this Reds team is now deep and that is why they have a really good shot and should compete for the playoffs in 2024. Do you know, Steve, the moves that the Reds have made all point to one central theme surrounding Nick crawl We'll tell you what that is coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now. You can also combine prop bets and, and, and things like that on single games. You can you can jump in on uh, over-unders and money lines and point spreads. There's so many different things you can do on FanDuel. The, the, the single game parlays are my favorite way to enjoy any sporting event, whether you're emotionally invested in one of the teams or not. You can also look at futures bets. We've been talking about this, and the line might have moved, uh, uh, but I haven't seen it move just yet. But the Reds are still plus 450 to win the NL Central. And with guys like Harold Reynolds and guys like Matt Vasgersian on MLB Network talking about how excited they are to watch this Reds team play, you can bet Vegas is going to get more excited too. So jump in right now on that line plus four fifty for the Reds to win the NL Central. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. Get started today and take advantage of that promo bet or promo offer of five dollar bet win or lose, you get one hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets for new users. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. and. For our everydayers, thank you so much for being an everydayer of lockdown. If you're not an everydayer of lockdown Reds, we encourage you to become one today. Uh, but for our everydayers, tomorrow, we are going to be talking about who is the odd man out of this opening day starting rotation. Because when you're a deep team, that means that some guys that we saw last season are not going to make the opening day rest Who are those people? Because it's probably not just one. We'll discuss that on tomorrow's episode. But Steve, I want to bring it back to the moves that the Reds have made to become this deep team, because I think with the talent that he has compiled and with the players that now can prove it, I think that we may see that the Reds may prove that Nick Crawl zigged when everyone else thought he should zig. Well, and let's go to some
1: breaking news. Uh, Moments ago, Nick Craw told multiple members of the media that what we see now, what we've been talking about here, Jeff, this currently constructed Reds roster is the bulk of the roster for 2024. Nick Craw has just said that he believes there are no more major moves coming. There may still be some wiggle room, uh, a little bit of, of tweaking to be done as far as the bullpen goes or as far as the bench goes, but to not expect another major signing. That tells us that the shopping for Teoscar Hernandez is over. Done. And that we are in fact correct. They are going to be filling that right-handed outfield slot from within with
0: one of these infielders. Yeah, and I think that it's going to be intriguing to see how that all moves. This Reds team, there, there's two things that you can bet on. They're going to be fun to watch, but everything that they do is going to be very interesting because they don't just have one path forward. There's so many different ways that they can kind of attack this season. And I think we got to start first with what Nick Kral did to this roster because he improved the present Reds roster without costing the future and there's two ways that he could have costed the future the first one's obvious where he traded away prospects and things like that but the second one was he didn't sign a long-term contract that hamstrings this organization as the young core hits arbitration he did a fantastic job of bringing in the talent without really saddling them with some sort of future burden you know, a lot of times, Jeff, you and I both get
1: accused of being overly optimistic and not uh, not focusing on the negative. I, I don't yeah. even know why that's a thing people would want to do, but we get accused of that a lot. And if you had told me, though, uh, heading into the twenty twenty four offseason or twenty twenty three offseason What's the correct way to say that 2023 2024 this off season heading into 2024. this 2024. To, heading into this off season, <laughs> If you had told me that we would have reached a spot before spring training starts where I legitimately believe that this Cincinnati Reds team is a division contender yeah. and that we would have gotten to that point that the Reds would have arrived there without trading away a single piece of prospect capital. I would have told you I didn't think it could be done. And right. yet, here we are. I do believe that this Cincinnati Reds team is a legitimate division contender. I think they should be up, you know, in the discussion for playoffs right out of the gate. And they've done it without trading away any prospect capital. So you're right. We thought Nick Crawl should go a direction. And 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 everyone was kind of in agreement on what that direction needed to be. And, right. and he he met those needs, but he took his own road and really. That's a that's a, a, a micro view of the macro approach he's taken to this job since he was put in charge. He's done the things we thought he needed to do, but he hasn't necessarily taken that straight road that we thought he should take to get there. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the things that we're never going to truly know which is the marching orders he's given by the Castellini family every year, which is, you know, the, the budget constraints because he's never going to tell us what that real number is. Uh, but I think he's done an amazing job of navigating. And if you know, you're you watching me on YouTube, do a little fish movement there. But if you're listening, you know, he just kind of swerves, he weaves back and forth, goes left, goes right, but ultimately gets where the team needs to be. And, and I think that. Uh, beyond anything else beyond any specific deal beyond any specific prospects he brought back I think that's been the thing that should have gotten him executive of the year and and that really should when the Reds make the when the Reds make the playoffs this year should absolutely get him executive of the year uh, as far as Major League Baseball goes
0: yeah and I think that there are three really concrete examples as of right now and and look there's a reason that both of our grades are still in the B's because that makes them contenders what he has done it doesn't make them favorites because they need to prove the, these moves need to prove that they can work Nick Martinez we don't know if he can be a good starting pitcher for the Reds but there's a possibility. We don't know if Frankie Montas is healthy, but there's a possibility that he is. And he is the Frankie Montas who pitched in Oakland. And how does everything else move? Does Jamer Candelario's move work for the Reds? There's still what ifs about these moves. But there's three concrete examples of how Nick Kroll zagged when we thought he should zig. Because we said the Reds should spend basically write a blank check to a top end pitcher or send lots of prospects to Cleveland or Chicago or whoever, and bring in that top end pitcher. And he goes out and gets a dude who was on the cheap because of an injury plagued season. Frankie Montes was available for what he was available for because he didn't pitch last year. Had he pitched last season, he would have either probably a returned to the Yankees for a bunch of money or been on the radar of other teams like the Dodgers and stuff like that for a ton of money when really he was available to the reds in the perfect scenario of low years. And I mean, 16 million isn't cheap or, you know, 14 million and then a $20 million option isn't cheap, but considering this pitching market, it kind of is.
1: No, it, it really is. And and I've, and I've seen the comments, Jeff, Oh, $16 million is a lot of money. It is to me and you, it is to right. the listeners to a starting pitcher in major league baseball. It's really not. Um, it's just the economics. It's the way it is. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it, but you do kind of have to accept that that's where the values are set. That's, that's what it costs. So for me, this is the ultimate prove it deal. Uh, Frankie Montas is going to be highly motivated to go out and perform. Well, Uh, it's not about that $20 million option. As, as you said, Jeff, that's a mutual option. So his performance really doesn't matter for that. But what, what Montas is really hoping is that he performs at or better than his Oakland numbers so that he can once again reenter free agency at the end of the 2024 season and go get paid. And, you know, that helps the Reds because he could get a qualifying offer. So that's what we want to have happen. We want Montas to be a stud. It'll be a one-year rental. You know, I saw him described in our chat during the Saturday live show as that bridge starter we've been looking for. And I think that is absolutely correct. We needed somebody to come in uh, as Reds fans and give us hope in the 2024 season that the Cincinnati Reds could go out day in and day out and have a starter on the mound that could get it done. And while there's still youth coming, they're not quite here yet. And someone needed to bridge that gap. I think Montas truly is that bridge, and I think he's going to be able to get it done. I I know what the numbers say. I know that there's a lot of skepticism about coming off of that shoulder surgery and being able to pitch well. But remember that he's not fresh off of the shoulder surgery now. He worked his way back to the point where he could appear in a Major League Baseball game in 2023 and then was able to just kind of back off. You know, he did his rehab work. He got the strength back in the shoulder. He was able to throw some pitches. He, you know, he pitched an inning in a third uh, there at the end of 2023. Uh, but then he was able to go right into an offseason routine and strengthen that shoulder, get it ready. So this is a little bit different than a guy that's just trying to fight his way back still. And, and, and we're not sure if he's going to get there or not. Well, he got there. He got himself back. He got himself into game shape. Now it's a question of did he maintain his command and control? Uh, what's the velocity look like on his fastball? Uh, what are his secondary pitches going to do? Uh, those are the questions now. And those are the things that I assume he's been working on since he threw that one and a third innings for the Yankees. He, he went right into offseason mode. So I, I'm excited about that signing. I, I really am. He's, he's that bridge guy. That's going to make this rotation so much better.
0: And there's two other things that the potential to show that he zagged whenever we said he should zig granted there's the uh possibility that these kind of crash and burn but if they plan if they pan out the way that my optimistic brain is saying that they could nick Crow is going to look like just the smartest guy ever because we said the Reds should go out and get a high price right-handed outfielder and instead he adds infield depth and opens up the door to expand some young players' usefulness, whether it be CES, DeWalvey Marte, whoever, Jonathan India, moving out to the outfield, however that ends up working out, he's opened that up for a way of showing a sort of flexibility with this roster that I don't think anybody expected there to be. And then also, we said that the Reds need bullpen help, and he goes out and he signs a guy that can pitch out of the pen or the rotation. That you know, if this proves if Nick Crawl or if Nick Martinez proves that he can be a useful starting pitcher, then that signing looks so daggone smart because it wasn't for starter money, it was for higher than you would say just a straight bullpen guy would get, but it definitely wasn't for the kind of money that we expected the Reds to have to spend on a starting pitcher. If he pans out, you don't get just one good starting pitcher in Frankie Montes. You got two when you add Nick Martinez to it. And then we are really talking about a A-plus offseason for Nick Kroll.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be the kind of deal, Jeff, where we've got to grade it and then regrade it after we have a yep. little bit more, more data to look at it. But this is what I know. If all of these moves hit, and I know it's a big if, but if all of those moves hit, it makes Nick crawl look very, very smart. People are going to be throwing around the word genius when they describe Nick crawl. If all of these moves pan out, uh, I'm very interested to see spring training games this year, Jeff. I yep. mean, you know, a lot of times where we're just like, Oh, we just got to watching the guys get their work in six and, weeks. You know, away. let's go. It's six weeks away. But this season, every single spring training game is going to be interesting to pay attention to because there's going to be guys in new positions. There's going to be guys doing different things. There's going to be guys trying to basically, you know, fight their way into playing time. And the reds haven't really had that in a long time. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, I am looking forward to what this new year is going to bring for us reds fans. And speaking of the new year, with this being the first episode of 2024, It's time for us to take a look at a couple resolutions uh, that we want the Reds to have this year. We're going to discuss what those are coming up next. You can follow us in between episodes on all of the social media, the X's of the world. Jeff wants to be an X man. Still, that hasn't changed in 2024. Uh, So you can follow us on X. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's. You can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, if you haven't done so yet, get over to our Discord community. The link for that is down in the show's description today. Uh, We're talking Reds over there. There's a Bengals uh, channel. There's Immaculate Grid. There's off topic. There's trade rumors. There's David Bell bashing. (laughs) If if you just want to come over and talk bad about David Bell, we have a whole channel for that. So Get to the Discord community today. And also, very quickly, if you have not bookmarked InsideTheReds.com, you are missing out. Uh, I know we talk about the Reds a lot, but we're writing about the Reds a lot over at InsideTheReds.com. It's affiliated with Sports Illustrated. Uh, Great site. Jeff is doing the heavy lifting of the writing over there. We've also got Rick Uccino, We've got James Rapine. We've got Audie Elmore. I'm chiming in from time to time. Uh, It is the all-star team of, well, maybe not the all-star team. I don't know. Uh, But we're there. We're there and we're w- writing about the red so check us out all right happy new year jeff it's resolution time happy new year. Uh, I, know, I know your resolution for 2024 is to not fall off the rowing machine at orange theory i know that that's the goal you set for yourself i believe you can do it this year you failed at it the last two so. years but i believe that this is the hey, year. only fell off once only once <laughs> but the red <laughs> need to make some the Reds need to make some resolutions. There's a couple things they need to commit to in 2024 that will make the season go a lot better.
0: Yeah, I think that we got to start with this, and it's something that I kind of feel like most people would agree with, and I get it. At some points, the Reds just had to do this last season, but no more bullpen days. No more. Done with them. And, and the good news is I think that Nick Kroll, the moves that he has made, kind of alludes to them believing that they know they they're done with this too they have a deep starting rotation with lots of talent I mean think about it you get down to you you've got obviously Frankie Montas uh you've got Hunter Green you got Graham Ashcraft Andrew Abbott Nick Lodolo you've got Brandon Williamson you got Nick Martinez you got Connor Phillips you even get down to Lion Richardson maybe even Carson Spires that's 10 guys I just listed They had 17 guys start games last year, but the fact that we can name 10 guys that were kind of okay, if they have to start a game, then I think that we can get rid of the idea of bullpen days. I get it. There were injuries. There was guys who were horrible. Luke Weaver was here. So they had to do bullpen days every so often last year, but they don't have to this year. And if they want to throw it in there, just to mess with somebody in the division, whatever, make it like once every three months in the season okay that's all i want to see because this whole idea of running your bullpen ragged just because you don't have a starting pitcher that you trust that 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 we're done with that we're done with that no more bullpen days in 2024 i think everybody can get behind that
1: except i have a very specific example of a bullpen day that will work but I'm going to save it for tomorrow's show because it will tip my hand to what I want to talk about when we talk about this pitching staff. But there's a very specific example of a bullpen day I would like to see when there's a double header or if there's a late scratch uh, that they need to cover. Uh, But we'll talk about that tomorrow, Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned for sure. Uh, We'll talk about that tomorrow. For me, uh, here's one resolution I think that the Reds can and should make Uh, and more specifically, that David Bell can and should make. And that is, whenever possible, just let the kids cook. Let's not go with the three-and-a-half to four-inning hook because he likes a matchup better with one of the pitchers. Let's not do a bunch of wonky pitch hitting to get a journeyman infielder into a ball game a la Kevin Newman. Uh, I guess this year. He's off the roster, of Steve. He's team. off
0: the roster. You can, you can feel safe. Well,
1: off the but wait, there's more. We've got Jose Barrero. So <sighs> I don't want Jose Barrero to get the same treatment that Kevin Newman got. There were many, many instances where David Bell shoehorned Kevin Newman into a game and it simply wasn't necessary. I don't want that same treatment for Jose Barrero. I understand that that means that there could be weeks at a time where Jose Barrero doesn't play. Cool. He's the 26th man on the roster. Let him sit down there and languish. Jose Barrero had every opportunity to earn his playing time, and he didn't do it. Uh, This team is better than that. I don't want to see Jose Barrero. I want to see Matt McClain. I want to see these guys that they've developed and cultivated and that are having success. So for me, I want David Bell to fight his inner David Bell. And while he still pays attention to the analytics, while he still, I know he, you know, we've joked, and I know that Chad, uh, when he was on, we've joked with Chad about it. Like, David Bell's that kind of guy where he's like, what do I do with my hands? I need to be doing something. What's what's happening? I need David Bell to fight that urge in 2024. I need him to let this team cook. Let these kids cook because this is going to be a fun, exciting team to watch, and I want to watch it. I don't want to watch David Bell doing David Bell things all the time.
0: Well, and I think, too, this just this points back again to our 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 point about Nick crawl, like making this roster super deep, he can kind of and to, to tie in the cooking references and things like that. He can set a lineup and he could be like, look, I've got some good ingredients here. I got some good players that I can put in these positions. You don't have to tweak it in the middle of cooking. You're just, like, Oh no, no, no. I need more, more Jose Barrero in the spot. Or I need to, I need to throw in a relief pitcher just because or something like this. Like, he's got some guys that he can put into a position and let them do their thing. He doesn't need to force it. And, you know, I mean, what you're saying, I 100% agree with. I mean, there were points last year where Kevin Newman was leading off against left-handed hitters or left-handed pitchers. We don't have to do that with Jose Barrero this year. We don't have to, because this lineup, it can be good against left-handed pitchers. This lineup can be good against right-handed pitchers. We don't have to to, to kind of throw a dart like like I did in fantasy baseball last week by starting Jared Stidham in my second quarterback spot, like if for anybody that gets that reference on fantasy football, you know, whatever. But when, when it comes to those types of moves, David Bell doesn't have to throw the 26-man into the lineup and just fingers crossed because there's enough talent now that you can pick a good lineup. You don't have to pick a lineup that's not bad like i think in years past david bell has had to make moves because there was a bad move and there was a move that wasn't as bad now there's a good move and there's a bad move don't make the bad move. exactly and that i think
1: is where we are going to wrap it up for the day and for the youtube viewers now you know and knowing is half the battle if you're seeing my shirt right now That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, everydayers, because we are going to be looking at this pitching staff. We're going to be breaking down who potentially is the odd man out of the rotation. And honestly, it's going to be who are the odd men out of the rotation, because there are multiple guys that we've been looking at as starters that are going to open the season as relief pitchers in 2024. It's going to be a fun conversation. Make sure you are here for it. Click subscribe, click that notification bell on YouTube. Do not miss it. In the meantime, we are going to do what for these folks, Jeff?
0: Well, since the reds are largely done, we'll keep our ear to the ground on the rumors of what minor moves they might be making here soon. We'll keep our ear to the ground of what Nick Kroll's got planned for this roster, but we will also be looking at what you can expect from the players who are here in Cincinnati as the roster is largely set because we will be locked on reds every single day. Do you think
1: orange theory would let me have the video of you falling off the rowing machine? I want to use it on the show.
0: Nah, I got him to delete.